The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the third chapter. Glory to you, Jesus went home, and the crowd came together again, so that Jesus and the disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he called them to them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mothers and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Please be seated. <clears throat> Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Throughout Eastertide, our gospel readings were in John's gospel. As we witnessed the resurrection appearances and the ascension and we celebrated Pentecost, and Trinity Sunday, but today we find ourselves back in Mark's Gospel. And many of our Gospel texts, from now through the reign of Christ on the Sunday before, last Sunday before Advent, will come from this Gospel. Now remember, each Gospel writer placed a different emphasis on the character of Jesus. Matthew emphasizes how Jesus is the Messiah, and the fulfillment of the prophecies in Judaism. And Luke draws attention to the boundary-breaking nature of Jesus' acts of healing to say that the gospel is for the whole world. And John defines faith as a relationship of trust in God and in Jesus. Mark, who wrote the first and the oldest gospel account, wants us to know that Jesus is the Son of God and he came to bring good news to the world. 
He begins his gospel with the baptism of Jesus, his temptation, and launches his ministry in Galilee. Immediately before the passage we just heard, Jesus appointed the 12 apostles, including Judas Iscariot. And then Mark says, Jesus went home. I think we often think of Jesus as an itinerant preacher traveling from one town to another. But here we are invited with the crowds to his house. So there we are with Jesus, the apostles, and the crowds filling his house, shoulder to shoulder, leaning against walls and sitting on the floor. A crowd of followers so dense that Mark says they could not even eat. Imagine the rising temperature inside, the buzz of conversation growing louder, and the restless energy of the crowd. And there are still more people outside the house. In particular, there are two other groups. One group is his mother, brothers, and sisters, people who had known Jesus since childhood and watched him grow up. People who should have known that he was the Son of God. But instead of believing his proclamation and his testimony, they accuse him of being out of his mind or beside himself. Mark says they are there to restrain Jesus, to seize him and prevent him from continuing his ministry. And the second group is the scribes. These would have been the temple heavyweights the religious and theological experts who held authority over people. One might expect that they would recognize the divine in their midst. But instead of affirming Jesus' identity as the Son of God, the scribes accuse him of being possessed by Beelzebul and under the power of demons. They want to discredit him and prevent him from continuing his ministry. But Jesus doesn't give us any indication that he feels any obligation, responsibility, or duty toward his relatives or the scribes. His identity and his obedience, his authority and his power come from God alone. Instead of recognizing the gospel work Jesus has been doing, healing people from diseases and setting others free from demons and unclean spirits, these two groups rejected his ministry and condemned him because they did not or could not recognize God at work. Maybe their hearts had been hardened. Or maybe they felt threatened. Were his relatives afraid of what people might say about them? Perhaps they had already heard rumors and unkind words. Did the temple authorities feel exposed by Jesus' teachings that opened wide the possibility of God's restoration for all people? And disrupted their power to control or coerce? 
Whatever their motives, Jesus calls out their sin. They have failed to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit taking place right in front of them. And they have blasphemed, reviled, or insulted the Holy Spirit with their denial. That is the meaning of verse 29. The unforgivable sin is not to curse or take God's name in vain when you hit your thumb with a hammer or get cut off in highway traffic. The unforgivable sin is to attribute the work of Jesus to Satan. It is to do evil in the name of God. Like the people in Galilee today, we are easily divided and separated. If we follow Jesus' mother, sisters, and brothers, we put a greater value on what others are saying about us than whether we are doing God's work and witnessing God change people's lives. If we follow the scribes, we value our own power and systems over the transforming, healing, and restoration that God makes possible for every one of God's children. Instead, Jesus invites us into his house and calls us to follow him and to do the will of God. It is the gospel work of loving God and loving each other that brings us unity. It is in Jesus that we find our identity and in God that we find our authority. We mustn't doubt that God, through the Holy Spirit, is at work among us here in this congregation and in our community and world. Instead, we are called to open our eyes and our hearts to see how God is working. I am always excited to come back and preach after Synod Assembly because that time together is always a vibrant display of the Holy Spirit at work in our ELCA congregations and with our partners. Even though we met on Zoom this past weekend's assembly testified anew to the Spirit's work across our Synod. The Reverend Dr. Tim Smith was elected to a second six-year term as Bishop of the North Carolina Synod, and we adopted a budget and ministry plan that prioritizes our Mission Start congregations including collaborations with the Episcopal and Moravian churches and establishes a new giving opportunity in the All Races One Church or AROC Fund to encourage creative and sustainable ministry in our seven North Carolina congregations that are primarily black, indigenous, or people of color. We celebrated anniversaries of congregations and ministers, including the Reverend Glenn Reekley, who has been ordained in gospel ministry for 71 years and 14 congregations where faithful people of God have gathered together for more than 225 years each. We 
met seminary students who are synods candidates for rostered ministry, young adults who are called to lead the church in new ways. We learned how our college campus ministry sustained their mission during the pandemic when they didn't have students on campus and how our camps at Camp Agape, Curry Beach, Luther Rock, and Luther Ridge are preparing to welcome campers this summer after being closed last season. We have talked here about how challenging this last 15 months have been. But as we witnessed and as I heard again at Senate Assembly, God was still working with us to bring about good and working to bring transformation to God's people. Thanks be to God.